0: gentlemen, welcome back to this week's episode of Mid-Liberty. I am your host, Caleb Franz. This is the voice of liberty for a new generation. I'm thrilled to have you here this week. Um, This week, we are going to dive right into this discussion uh, because the whole nation is there uh, as it stands now. Uh, Of course, we all know that last week, uh, the Senate Made a, a vote on the GOP's the Senate GOP's health care plan, uh, and while that was not, they actually had several votes about it. And while um, I, of course, was more along the lines in the in the camp that that Rand Paul was in and Mike Lee, um, I don't really want to talk about the specific plan or the or the specifics and the nitty gritty behind the the plans. Um, On this episode, I'm sure that you've heard many, uh, many pundits and many individuals talk about it. I'm sure you've talked about it uh, several times as well. That's not what I want to get into. What I do want to get into is dig a little deeper because every single time that we have this discussion um, as a nation, Every single time that we have this discussion as a nation, we always seem to miss the mark. There's only a few of us that seem to even understand what it is that we're even doing and what it is that we're even trying to, to fight for, try to restore, and then dig a little deeper into a few of the solutions by looking at the history behind what caused so many of these problems in the first place you know a lot of a lot of people say that there, there were certainly problems before Obamacare was signed into law Obamacare wasn't the the origin of the the genesis of the of the healthcare crisis here in America now it did escalate it to unforeseen heights to where premiums have skyrocketed to unforeseen levels um, and it, it certainly did make it so much worse however it didn't start there it started about a hundred years ago um, and that's part of the uh, that's part of the discussion I want to have today is get to the root of it get to the the understanding of why we're actually fighting for what we're fighting for and what what we're fighting what we're fighting for because I don't believe a lot of Uh, those on the conservative end of the spectrum even know anymore. All these, all these, uh, it's almost been a decade uh, since Obamacare was signed into, into law. Almost 10 years. And while all of them almost unanimously have said, let's repeal Obamacare, let's repeal Obamacare, none of them except for a few have really known why they want to repeal it only because it was popular um, amongst their voters it was a popular sentiment it was a popular campaign slogan and this is a topic for another day but that's exactly why (laughs) that is exactly why um, we're not a democracy and we should never be a democracy because Democracy is bad. It's, it's not based in principles. It's not based in, um, it's not based in eternal truths. It's based in mob rule, and, and you can see a little bit of this, the way that um, certain individuals, especially uh, senators and, and those in Congress, uh, behave when presented with a very common sense um, yes or no vote. Now, while repealing Obamacare is not the entire solution, it is a good start. But I want to get into the philosophy behind why not only we should repeal Obamacare, but why should we get government entirely out of the health industry in the first place? It shouldn't have any place in the healthcare market. Something that makes up for one-sixth of the economy the government shouldn't have control over. This is this is this is dealing with with the lives of, of of millions of people, and we're going to entrust that in the government. The government can't even run the DMV the right way, let alone healthcare. And you know that this this you know the vote uh, over the Obamacare bill that the GOP made. Um, it was kind of the big story, um, and is the big story still. It still is relatively large, despite all the stuff coming from, um, the White House with, uh, with the mooch, and that's about, that's about the first and last time I ever want to utter that phrase. Um, but despite all that, uh, there was a story that precursed it, uh, precursed the vote, that is. Uh, That really the vote itself kind of overshadowed this story, but it really is important and that is of course the story of of Charlie Gard who who died um, Just a few weeks ago because the UK said You don't deserve To make this kind of decision for your family. You don't deserve to have the freedom Because that's what it's truly about. It's not about health care. It's not about insurance it's not about premiums, and that's all a bunch of political spin. What it's truly about is freedom. What it's truly about is the marketplace. You know, Rand Paul was absolutely right whenever he said uh, that conservatives don't trust the marketplace. That's why they're they're so opposed to actually repealing Obamacare. It, it, it would be a no-brainer to those Uh, individuals who actually have an ounce of principle that's why every single person every single Republican voted to repeal Obamacare when they knew it was a sure thing that um, that President Obama was going to veto it it didn't matter they didn't have to be held accountable they could say well we did it but the president he just vetoed it now when it actually counts Now when they can get something done, they don't want to do it. They don't want to restore freedom except for the very few crop of individuals in Washington, such as Rand Paul, or individuals like uh, Massey and um, Thomas Amash, or Thomas Amash, Justin Amash and Thomas Massey. They don't want to restore freedom. That's what it's about. The Republicans are no better than the Democrats when it comes to this and really any issue that really revolves around the rights of human beings and uh, the trust and the efficiency of the marketplace. Republicans don't trust the free market any more than the Democrats trust capitalism at all. I have no faith in the GOP to do anything like that because they don't believe that one healthcare is not a right in some capacity. Bernie is more extreme on the on the spectrum than many GOP senators Uh, but so many of them will still compromise and say well yes the government at least has a role in this they say they say the marketplace cannot provide for this specific item well, how would you know when we haven't even tried it? Now, there are three points that I really want to hit on on today's episode, um, and that is one: I want to get to the underlying philosophy behind why we should be fighting so hard to repeal—not just Obamacare, but uh, fighting so hard to repeal um, as much government as possible in the healthcare industry. We should be getting—we should be slashing things out of the healthcare market. Because only then will you see, not only things become much more cost effective, but will you see quality go up because the marketplace will inevitably provide. It's the law of supply and demand that kicks in instead of the law of law, instead of the law of government that messes everything up. The law of supply and demand still, it's, it's still, uh, you know, still works. Whether or not government is involved or not, but when government is involved, people automatically think that the law of supply and demand tends to stop. The laws of economics just go away because government decreed that something uh, happens one way or another, and that's just simply not the case. Every action, this is—it's—it's it's physics. Just about it's 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 just as true as uh, you know the the works of Adam Smith is just as true as the works of Isaac Newton. It's part of the laws of nature. They're not. They cannot be changed. No matter what time or what year it is, no matter what new development occurs, no matter what uh, innovation happens. The marketplace is always the same. The same eternal eternal principles remain. There's nothing that changes about it. There's the philosophy aspect that I want to touch on, that we'll touch on first. Then I want to get into a little bit of the history, the 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 facts, the the meat and potatoes of of how this is actually true beyond the philosophy, the substance um into, into how how everything got messed up in the first place and then I want to go into solutions Because that's what it's really about we're gonna we're gonna take a three-pronged approach here kind of like what we did last week with immigration and breaking down the misconceptions uh, And really calling out certain groups of individuals for for what what they truly are um, but when just like, just like this week, you know, last week, if, if you, those who really want to oppose immigration for economic reasons, well, you can't really claim to be a conservative or at least a conservative in the sense that I typically think of conservatism in the, in the sense of free markets and capitalism and limited government because that is starkly in opposition of anything free market. The same applies here with healthcare. You don't trust the market if you think the government has to be involved in X, Y, or Z. You don't trust the market in any capacity. I have full faith in the marketplace. Not in mankind, not in the collective, but in the ability of individuals to solve problems. I don't put my faith in in some higher power of, of a group Of individuals the higher power of the government uh, and think that they know better than individuals interacting on on the smallest level possible on the face-to-face interaction somebody in Washington doesn't know how to fix the health industry any more than I would say those in in the insurance companies nor do they want to nor do they want to it's all about money to all of them. That's not capitalism. That's not the marketplace. But first, let's let's first get into the to uh, point one and that is the philosophy. What is truly, I think the the scariest thing about what the GOP is doing right now with healthcare is not necessarily their plan because while yes, I do see, um, both the Senate and the House, there's nothing that I've really liked in their plans. It's it just looks exactly like um, Obamacare in a lot of ways. It's either Obamacare light in that sense, in the in the House bill sense, or in some ways it's even it's even worse than Obamacare. But that's not what is truly terrifying to me because I know that there are principled individuals such as Rand Paul such as uh, Thomas Massey such as uh, Mike Lee who will say no we're not voting for this we're not gonna we're not gonna put up with this what is scary however is that despite nothing that the GOP has has proposed being actually a freedom approach nobody has has really said hey let's just try freedom and, and put that into a bill and they actually voted on that while that hasn't happened the left will still paint the picture that that's exactly what's happening. They will paint the picture and say that the right has put their faith and their trust in the marketplace and look where it has got us. The insurance companies just want to jack up all of our prices. The insurance companies, uh, they're just in it to screw over the little guy. That's what I'm afraid of. Because Obviously, the, those listening to this program are a unique, <laughs> a unique batch of humans because they're not the typical person. The, the average person doesn't study Mises and Hayek and Rothbard or Bastiat. The average person doesn't, they, those aren't household names. So when they look at Bernie Sanders and they see what he's proposing, it sounds all right. When he says, I believe healthcare is the right." That resonates with a lot of people. We have to understand that while we point at that and we laugh at that and we say, how on earth can you support that? We have to understand that that resonates with a lot of people. And we have to be prepared, not only prepared um, to face the reality that that is what the picture is going to be painted here in the next election cycle. Um, We have to also face the reality that Uh, We have to be prepared to provide a counter argument as to why, not just a negative argument, but a positive argument. Why the market not only can provide, but but also why healthcare is not a right. And why that's okay, why that's a good thing, why we should never want, quote, healthcare uh, to be a right. And that's exactly why I want to get into right now, because healthcare itself... When people say that, and this is something obviously we've talked about before, when people say that healthcare is a right, when people say that college is a right, when people say that food is a right, or water, or fill-in-the-blank substance that has to be provided by, by uh, the forgotten man, that is not a right. That's a positive right in the sense that positive action, proactive action, must be taken. In order to supply it, meaning something has to be taken from someone. Positive rights aren't really rights. Positive rights are incompatible with natural rights. Those are negative rights. Uh, If you go back into, I forget what episode it was, I think it was episode... Oh uh, gosh, what was it? Episode twenty-seven, I think. It was right around the time that Neil Gorsuch was uh, his the hearings for for the Gorsuch uh, confirmation hearings. Right around the time that was going on, and we uh, I I wanted to get into a little bit of a philosophical episode as to what are rights and what are not rights. Uh, and I explained it uh, there, and and that's what I'm trying to do here. Positive rights, like I said are proactive. Somebody has to take an action in order to supply you those rights. Negative rights are not proactive. There's no action that needs to be taken. Negative rights, while it sounds like, oh, positive means good and negative means bad. No, 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 that's not what it means. Negative rights mean, is like it's like freedom of speech. Freedom of uh, assembly. Uh, freedom to uh, to to defend yourself with whatever means you see fit. Those are negative rights, meaning the government doesn't give that to you; it protects it. That's what the Bill of Rights is about. And this is actually even something that was hotly debated uh, during the Constitutional Convention and the vote that eventually led to uh, to the Bill of Rights. This was incredibly debated between the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists. While the Federalists, or excuse me, while the Anti-Federalists wanted um, a a Bill of Rights to secure the rights of every single person, not just the not just of citizens, but of all people who were within the jurisdiction of the United States. While the Federalists wanted a Bill of Rights to to do just that, the, the or excuse me, I'm getting my uh, my factions mixed up here while the anti-federalists wanted that the the federalists said hold up now we don't grant the rights if we start enumerating them then somebody's gonna come up, come along and say look at this you know why it, who says that we can't do something else that is clearly not within our jurisdiction but you enumerated rights so if we're going to violate some other right," That is not within the confines of the Bill of Rights. Then, then who's who's the wiser? Who are you to say that we can't do that? And the the debate that that transpired there. That's something that um, I will be doing an episode on uh, relatively soon, because I think that's a really important. It's really important to understand the difference in compromise back then and compromise today. And how everyone at least had a common goal at that time versus today, uh, when when people say that this country was built on compromise. Well, yes, that's true, but it's not in the it's not in it wasn't a, the same situation. Anyway, I, I'm getting slightly off off topic with this. Healthcare doesn't doesn't fall under under the umbrella of those rights that are inherent in you. Healthcare is a service. Healthcare is something that a doctor has to provide you this service. Now let's not confuse healthcare with with health insurance for the time being, um, because because we're not talking about insurance. Even we're talking about the actual act of giving care. You can't if 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 somebody comes along and you see somebody on the street, should the government be forced to stick a gun to your face and say, "Help this individual," despite you may not even know? how to give proper treatment or proper care because at that point it doesn't really matter if you have the right to health care and you see someone injured at that point if they have the right to health care you have to give them that care you cannot deny them that care despite your qualifications when you get into it it really becomes ridiculous because it is a service somebody has put years into studying um, it, into studying uh, how to provide quality care to individuals so that you don't end up doing more harm to them than what is already the problem with them. This isn't something that can just be provided freely. Otherwise, there'll be nobody to provide the care because doctors have to eat too. Doctors have to, have to pay their bills just as much as anyone else, just as much as the people who cannot afford the health care um, that they have right now. Healthcare is not a right, it's a service. The same with college, the same uh, with food, the same with, with, with water. It's, you're not paying necessarily for the water. Of course you can go out and, and drink water from a creek. You're paying for the service of the purification of that water. I've heard many times the argument of how, how, how in the world are we paying for water? When it's a basic uh, human right. When it's a basic human need. Anything that humans need, obviously, we should have the right to. Well, no, that's not necessarily the case. That's the whole purpose you work in your life. That's the whole purpose. Not You, you are entitled to absolutely nothing. I must ask, what is the goal of those who truly want universal coverage universal care is it to cover as many people as possible or is it to eliminate the health problems in America because if it's to cover as many people as possible you can do that but that's not really care is it while yes quality or excuse me quantity may increase that doesn't mean quality will while the number of people insured might that doesn't mean that the laws of economics necessarily stops no does it and this is uh, something that we see all over the place and in places that do have more socialized medicine is that waiting times increase average uh, waiting times for for people who have very minor illnesses end up waiting weeks or months and then people who really need the care immediately sometimes die on a waiting list this perfect example of this in America I would say is the VA, but we don't have to only look inwardly. We can look uh, out to places like England. What do you think? Uh, what on earth do you think uh, Charlie Gard is is all about? That is the government picking and choosing who is worthy of living and who is worthy of dying. That is the government saying we don't have the resources to actually provide for this child's life. We don't think you should go over to the United States and get uh, the treatment that may be experimental, that may not actually save him, but we are going to to make that decision. Not you, not the parents. We are, because we think that he's in pain. Well, even if he were in pain, if there was an experimental treatment, don't you think that would be worth it? Perhaps it doesn't work. But perhaps it did. What if it did? We may never know now, because the courts, the the council of, I, I think it was the council of human rights of human rights, said this person has to die. That is why freedom in something so crucial as as this, something so crucial as 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 healthcare, what may be life or death for many individuals. A lot of people on the left. Will point like uh, Elizabeth Warren will point out and say, you know, if if we don't cover as many people as possible, people are going to die. Well, no, that's not necessarily true, because coverage does not automatically ensure the quality of their care. But in fact, just the opposite happens. In fact, uh, in in situations like Charlie Gard, in and, and and this is. model that you always point to why is it exactly that this child had to die why couldn't he on taxpayers expense because that's what you like to say is that we'll all just cover it it's universal health care taxes will cover it why couldn't he go over there and have his life saved potentially you see while uh, the left is very proud the left thinks that they have all the answers if government will just make a law out of this. The left is very proud, arrogantly so, in their answers. The right, while they typically try to have the better, they, they typically do have the better argument down. They're so bad at, uh, they're, they're so bad at communicating it. You have to understand that there is no guarantee. The only guarantee that you have are the rights that are inherent in you. Healthcare is not part of that. Nobody has the right to take your life, but there's no guarantee that your life can be saved just because somebody is is forced by at the end of a barrel of a gun to provide you care, because that's what it's ultimately uh, that's what it ultimately comes down to. There is no guarantee that somebody will live if only you have uh, that that doctor to provide you that care. When they can't pay the bills that they have to do to survive, when doctors shut down. Uh, because because everybody is paying for it so thus nobody is then quality goes down. The number of actual doctors who are operating, it goes down. Those left increase their prices for those who have to actually still pay for it through taxes and uh, who actually pay for for universal health care through taxes. All of their prices will go up and thus the trend continues and more and more, Uh, Offices and practices shut down, quality goes down, government can't provide for this. The market, while there is no guarantee, does provide the opportunity. Neither one of them have the guarantee, but only the market provides the opportunity for success, the opportunity and the freedom to go out and try the risky thing, try the risky procedure, try the risky... uh, the risky venture, the risky practice. Only the market provides that. We have to stop fooling ourselves and, and stop pretending like if only government forced people to provide health care, then and only then will all lives be saved, will all lives, will, will people just stop dying. That's not the case. The market doesn't guarantee that either, but we're more open about that, we're more honest about that. We have to one, Highlight the lie that government will just eliminate deaths and that without government millions of people will die That's not true and two We have to become better at our side of the argument. We have to understand That it isn't necessarily if if we just cut out Obamacare and then if somebody doesn't get insurance, it's 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 doesn't stop at just cutting out Obamacare we have to become better at at communicating our message of free markets and how they provide the answer forward we have to become better and understand the history of the health industry and the history of those who lobbied for more government regulations it's not uh, it's not the little guy it's not the guy who says oh my gosh I, I can't afford this so now I want the government to make somebody to do this no it was the insurance companies. It was uh, it was the the American Medical Association. If we look into the history of it, and this is the second point that I want to cover, the facts back up the theory. We did not have a totally free market society whenever um, whenever uh, Obamacare was first put into law. We have to stop pretending and stop letting the left. Get away with saying that the free market couldn't provide because if you look back to Obama uh, before Obamacare, then all these things happened and uh, insurance was becoming way too unaffordable, healthcare wasn't being provided to enough people. That is just a lie, and we have to call them out on that. This lie, this 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 lie that uh, the market couldn't provide it enough. It really goes way back into uh, really after the Civil War, shortly after the Civil War, when. There was really no licensing procedures or requirements by the federal government. Um, people just trusted each other, and they looked at their they were consenting adults. They said, "Wow, you know what? I think my body is something that I will take into consideration, not the government. And if I want this doctor, if I trust this doctor to operate on me, then I should have the right to do business with them." At that point, medical costs were incredibly low. Then the Progressive Era came. After the Progressive Era came, and people saw how big and massive and powerful the government was becoming to the likes that we have never ever seen it before at that point in time. Now it's a, it's a huge leviathan with, with it being unimaginable. Uh, Without certain programs, but we survived without those programs back then and it wasn't that big of a deal Back then whenever the progressive era was just getting started the medical lobby started seeing How powerful it was they started thinking in terms of money now? this is this is a truly powerful argument to be had because uh, the left will always say the insurance companies are out for money, the insur- or uh, the medical lobby, they, they don't care about uh, people, so that's why we have to go this route. Well, in fact, it was the medical lobby in the first place that began arguing for the exact same thing that you want ha- to happen. Because they were the ones who put in the, um, the licensing procedures and requirements in the first place. It was under the guise of safety. Uh, that the medical industry lobbied the government to increase regulation uh, in, uh, in order to increase their profits. There was a doctor... Dr. Stanford Challey. I think I'm getting the last name right. He was a professor of, uh, of anatomy at the, at the University of Louisiana. He wrote that the profession has, meaning the medical profession, has a good reason to urge that the number of medical graduates is large enough to diminish the profits of its individual members and larger profits for the diminished numbers. understand, um, yeah, it is in human nature to want that more power, the more money, the more uh, profits to drive their ambition. And when they see something as powerful as the government, they say, wait a minute, we have possibly a way out because the marketplace... It doesn't make any exceptions. It doesn't provide for the wealthy and the powerful to remain wealthy and powerful without some external assistance. That's what we have to get back to. Whenever medical licensing uh, was, was... Whenever the government started regulating the licensing procedure of, of medicine and medical practitioners, yes, the number of doctors decreased because many of them who were already practicing didn't meet the requirements, and thus they could no longer be doctors. And guess what? Because the supply was much lower, but the demand remained the same, the prices went up. If you fast forward now to the Johnson administration, and the initiation of Medicare and Medicaid, a similar thing happened. Demand and uh, uh, demand increased for medicine, but the supply was, was, was generally the same, so prices thus went up. It's inevitable. In fact, if you go back, and this is something that we'll put into the show notes, both of these uh, situations, This is uh, if you go back and look at the real um, history and the charts, whenever Medicaid and Medicare was enacted, it is like, it's like the Al Gore hockey stick. The prices for medicine, the prices for drugs, and the prices for, for procedures skyrocket as soon as Medicare and Medicaid are enacted. Government intervention is what is causing uncost or uh, unaffordable care. If you fast forward now to Obamacare, that is when uh, people are uh, unable to afford their premiums. That is when uh, more and more people get forced onto. <laughs> they get forced onto uh, government uh, insurance, and and uh, they they are forced to to purchase insurance now because. Because more and more people are getting kicked off of their old insurance plans because it's not affordable. The people who could actually pay for it, who could always pay for it, are now not being able to pay for it. Because it is becoming such a heavy cost and such a heavy burden on the lives of people. Businesses are being shut down because of it. It's not right. It is not a right and it is not right. Not only does the government have no right to tell people that you have to buy insurance, the government has no right to tell practitioners you have to perform your practice on this person. We are forcing you to. It's also not right. It's also immoral for the government to step in when the market was providing these things happily across all spectrums. We have to understand that this is a government-made Problem, and the only solution, and this is the third uh, the third point of order that I want to really hit on uh, briefly, is that the market is the only thing that can provide for what we actually need, what America truly needs. Only the market can provide. I'm not saying that we should go back to 2000 um, <laughs> 2010 before Obamacare, I'm saying we should go back a lot further than that. I'm saying we need to start cutting things, start cutting regulations, start cutting um, uh, all the requirements and, and the regulations and and the things that are, is really holding back the true prosperity for both the consumer and the doctor. Both the patient and the doctor. We have to really look at things and, and, and compare apples to apples here. Look at the difference between those things that are not regulated by the government or very, very uh, loosely uh, regulated by the government to those things uh, that are... It seems like there's nothing but government regulation. For example, uh, compare if... There, there was a, a chart that went around uh, a few years ago it was the price changes between 1996 and 2016, a 20-year difference. Okay, and as we all know, college has gone up, textbooks have gone up, uh, healthcare, medical uh, care, that's gone up, child care has gone up, all these things that government is 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 basically we we can't imagine these things without government. Those are the very things which have skyrocketed in cost. But when you look at things that we know aren't needs, so there's very little need for government to regulate it, ironically enough, those very things, such as um, cars, cars have generally stayed the same. However, when you you dig a little deeper into it, such as a wireless service, that has gone down 45% in cost. Phones and TVs, 96% in cost. They've gotten smaller. The market has, 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 has demanded that they become more affordable, and it has. The quality goes up and the prices go down. That's because of the free market. We can do the exact same thing in the medical field. We can do the exact same thing with healthcare. If we just cut back the red tape, if we cut back the government intervention, I suggest that first of all, we start abolishing many of the of the licensing regulations and requirements that doctors have to take. It is absolutely ridiculous that if I trust somebody and I know their record, their track record, it is absolutely ridiculous why I should not um get his services if i consent to it and he consents to it but the government doesn't consent to it it's my life i'm saying that i want his services why can i not uh if if he's willing to provide it why can i not uh, get that without the government saying "No, no 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 we don't know if you actually are capable of this you need our license I know so many people, whether they are, um, you know, with prior uh, military service. Uh, Mohammed Shaker, he's he's somebody who's who's talked about this uh, many times on his show, and, and we we had him on back in I think March, March or April, uh, and, and he was he was uh, a, a medic. In, in the military and he talks about all the time how how the licensing uh, laws is is absolutely ridiculous there is no reason why if somebody wants my services i shouldn't be able to provide for them just because the government uh, isn't isn't involved enough uh, in this transaction start number one this would do a phenomenal job at cutting down the cost is just start abolishing many of the licensing requirements that we put in the medical field number two start (laughs) well basically let me rephrase this number two abolish uh, the FDA it is absolutely ridiculous why we have so many uh, regulations for things like drugs and big pharma is the biggest supporter of the FDA Big Pharma is one of the biggest opponents of marijuana legalization. You know, uh, Cory Booker uh, just just recently, just this week, Cory Booker put up a uh, a bill to legalize marijuana. That would be phenomenal in the medical industry to drive down costs, to drive down um, uh, costs of, of drugs and things like that, because we would have another com- uh, competitive. Edge in the medical field for drugs start letting people take drugs that uh, they think works best for them let it be between the doctor and the patient number three we need to start reducing uh, subsidies because subsidies inevitably uh, drives up cost it drives up uh, dependency because who's actually paying for it when somebody walks in to, to a medical practice and they say, well, the government is paying for this. That means that you and I are paying for it. That means that, that that taxpayers are paying for it. And because of that, costs go up because we are the ones who actually pay for not only theirs, but ours too, because we are still paying for ours. We we don't get the subsidies. They do. Start cutting a subsidies, and you will it'll be amazing. You will watch costs go down. If if we if we do the other things as well. And finally, just allow people the freedom of, of consenting adults to do what they think is best for their own personal health. The only people that needs to be involved in healthcare decisions are the patient and the doctors. If we want to talk about insurance, let people get into these group pools of insurance. Allow them the ability to do that. I, I have no idea why if if I want to um, get into an insurance pool with a, a few of my friends, some of them can't pay for it uh, entirely, and then other times I wouldn't be able to pay for it, but we all pitch in and drive the cost down. It's voluntary, and it's about freedom. There is no reason why we shouldn't be allowed to do that. Let freedom work. Let the marketplace work work you will be amazed with how quickly this problem will fix itself now uh, that is the show for this week next week uh, we have Isaac Morehouse who is the our, our summer interview series is going to continue we have Isaac Morehouse who is the founder and CEO of Praxis which is I think one of the best alternatives to college that I have ever seen, um, and you know, we talked about. I had briefly mentioned the cost of college and how it has gone up, and and how government, and how government's involvement with college has driven up the cost. Well, we talk about college and how how idiotic it is to tell an entire generation of individuals that every single one of you need to go to college. Um, that's not the case. That is not the case at all, okay? Uh, We need to start sending less people to college, not more. Uh, We talk about that. We talk about what praxis is, and and, uh, we just have a great conversation there. Uh, So tune in next week for for that. Um, And then, of course, you can uh, follow me on Twitter, at Caleb Brands. Follow the show on Twitter, um, at Mill Liberty. After next week, also quick programming note in case you missed it last week um, on the 17th of August. I will be out but the show will go on. Um, Stephen Perkins will be uh, filling in for me and then we'll be, I'll be back the week after that. Um, but like I said, please follow uh, myself and the show on Twitter. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes so that you will never miss an episode. Or an update, give us a rating and a review. Please let us know how you like the the show and the program. Let us know uh, what you like about it so we can uh, continue making you happy. Because that's what it's all about at the end of the day. And until next week, we'll see you.